Today we're getting started in earnest with the uh, shepherd selection process. And Lord willing, we're going to be blessed over the next two months to um, get to know our current shepherds, to affirm their leadership, and we're going to ask that others consider being shepherds in this congregation. And um, I, want to ask, I want to answer just a few questions, and then our, our nine shepherds are going to help with the message that needs to be shared today. Um, why are we doing this shepherd selection process? One of the first things I want you to know is this isn't an election season. So we're going to dismiss all connections to politics. I, I, don't ask me again which one of these guys is the Donald Trump up here, okay? It's, we're not, not, not even close to that, all right? So we're, we're, not, we're not going there. This is a normal, healthy process. And our shepherds, uh, and I, I know this at least in the 12 years that I've been here, have been committed to going through this process every three, every three to five years. And it's a, it's a wisdom. Uh, it requires wisdom to know when to do that. Prayer, discernment, which is what you do when you're a shepherd. And this is the right time for us to do that. It's also not because any of them need to be replaced. Okay? That's not why we're doing this. It's not an election cycle where I, I know sometimes we get worried and we wonder, okay, well, who's stepping down? Well, as far as I know, nobody's, nobody's stepping down. So um, that's, that's not what this is about either. This is about growing up new leadership, raising up new leadership to continue the health and the spiritual growth of this church. That's the why. How do we do that? Well, we're going to keep talking to you that, about that as we go along. One announcement I did want to make. Tonight at 6 p.m., I want to begin some teaching on shepherds and spiritual leadership and the congregation's participation in that. I also want to announce this. I'm going to do that as well on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in here in the auditorium. And we're going to keep that going as an opportunity for all of you to engage in some study. And I think we'll have some time for some questions and answers in all of that as well. I also want to just commit myself to that in my role as a teacher, that if you want me to be a part of your class or your small group and go over some of this, you may have biblical questions, you may have questions about the process. Please just ask me. I'll make myself available. And I'm not the only one who can do this, but I can only speak for myself. These nine men will be glad to help you with that as well. You can ask any one of them, and if you want to know more about them, be sure and pick up one of the biographical forms that, are, uh, that have been prepared, that are out here on the, on the entrances to this auditorium. Um, it all begins with these orange sheets, and for the next three weeks, between now and August 23rd, we're going to ask everyone who's a baptized believer, but also a member of this spiritual family, a member of this congregation. You can be a baptized believer and not be a part of this spiritual family. We know that. By the way, this might be a good time to check and see if you are recognized as a member of this congregation, okay? Some of you may think, well, I am, and we may not have your information. That's not personal. That's just the mechanics of this. So if you have any doubt, be sure and ask one of us, okay, or email us or something in the church office, and, and, and we'll sort that out. And if it hasn't been taken care of, this is a good time to take care of it. Um, I just don't want that to go unsaid. 
But everyone who's a baptized believer and a member of this congregation, every individual needs to put the names of men that you recognize as shepherds on this form. We'll talk, about, we'll talk more about this as we go along in the future weeks as well. But what we're looking for is we are looking for people who serve as shepherds. Not just meeting the biblical qualifications, but they are people that you, each and every one of you, recognize as a shepherd. And with that in mind, we thought that it's very important for you to get to know who your shepherds are and their personal experiences. Because some of you listening to this today, you will be those who may be asked to consider being a shepherd. Um, some of you, everybody who's a baptized believer and a member of this congregation is going to be asked to give names of people. And by the way, each of you on this orange form is going to simply answer for yourself. You're not answering for your family. Don't, don't, don't skip someone's name because you know somebody else is putting their name in there, okay? I mean, you, you, you have to name this for yourself. And don't just imitate what somebody else does you own this for yourself. Um, but to do that, you have to know, well, what, what am I looking for? What kind of person are we looking for? And it's the people who you recognize as shepherds already and think the congregation might do that as well. So what I want to do with our, our nine shepherds who are here right now is I, I want to ask them to talk to you about their experience in being a shepherd. And maybe through this process... You'll understand not only more about them, but you'll understand what may be asked of you one day, or you may know more of the kind of person that you're looking for to recognize as a shepherd. And before we begin this conversation, let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would bless us as we speak to one another in truth and love. I pray that you would be with our nine shepherds and their families. And Father, we thank you for their service, and we thank you for their their devotion, and their willingness to serve you and to serve others. Father, we pray that in this process for the next two months that you will bless us with a sort of leadership that is committed to following you and reflecting your wisdom and your ways to a world that you dearly love and a world that needs to see more and more what your plans and your hope and your future is for the world. Father, bless us in this, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's see. It looks like we're going to begin here with Ron Belote. And uh, Ron, test your microphone. Make sure we're good there. Test. test okay. Test. Does that work? Uh, okay. Ron, um, and by the way, I have questions that uh, any one of these elders could uh, answer this question in a different way. But rather than ask the same question to each of them, I'm just going to bring this question up and let them share with you some of their experience. And uh, we have talked about this beforehand, but, um, you know, you might want to know how some of them would answer this on their own. But let's just hear what they have to say. Ron, I I'd like for you to tell us, uh, what would you name as some of the blessings of serving as a shepherd? Well, when I saw that question, I thought of the song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One, and... Uh, Brent, I, you know, we have so many songs this morning about blessings. Uh, and so my experience uh, serving with this group of men over the last few years uh, has been that I've grown spiritually and I've matured personally uh, from being around them. I, uh, Debbie knows that I call them my band of brothers. 
if you've ever seen that uh, series, you know what I'm talking about. But to name uh, some specifics, you know, in, in the Bible we hear Abraham being blessed in chapter 12, and then he goes out and he says, you will bless all nations. And in Luke chapter 6, you know, it says, give and it will be given back to you. Uh, you know, if you give great measure, it'll be pressed down, shaken around, poured out on your lap, and then if you give generously, it'll be given back to you generously, and I cer- certainly believe in that. Uh, as we visit people that uh, we go out to visit, uh, we go out and we have uh, a, a good long visit, usually 30 minutes or more, and then we usually pray, and then we, uh, and as typically when we do this as pairs of elders, We'll be talking about that visit on the way back, and they said, you know, I've been blessed by that visit. And I'll tell you, we're, we're probably as blessed as much as the people we visit. So that's just one example. I've heard many of you share that sentiment, um, and I, I think that is true. Paul Shirley, uh, who led our baby blessing for that, and that's one of the things that our shepherds do. Um, Paul, I, I'd like for you, I'd like to ask you this question. What would you like the congregation to know about the way this group of shepherds works together? Well, I think if you look up here, you can see and look at our biography back there, you can see we're all very different. We come from different backgrounds, different life experiences. And, you know, sometimes in our meeting, uh, you go into a meeting and you, uh, you, you're discussing a particular issue and you think I got this all figured out, you know. But when you go around the room and you hear each person's comment, then there's always something to be learned from it. it it's kind of like an example I like to use. Uh, uh, you know, four people are, are standing on four different corners of an intersection, and you, all of you witness a vehicle accident right in the middle of the intersection, but each of you see it from a different perspective. You may, some of you may see, well, there was a guy ran out in front and they, this car dodged to keep him hitting it. You know, that's what caused the accident. The other people may not have seen that from their perspective. So as a result of that, diversity is a huge benefit. Diversity is a huge benefit. Uh, the second thing is these men are all real. They're genuine and they're all very spiritual. You know, there's no pretense up here. There's no one putting on a show. These people are real. And they all have West Ark Church family's interests at heart. You know, sometimes we don't do the most popular thing, but we have to do the right thing. Mm. Um, these men are all very approachable about spiritual matters. And in doing so, you know, if you discuss something with any one of these men and you ask them to keep it confidential between you and them, you can count on it. That's the way it's going to be. So you can trust each of them. In our meetings, each of us are equally important. We may not all agree, uh, but each one of us has a chance to be heard. And it's such a privilege and an honor to serve with these gentlemen. Which, uh, interesting point, as, as Paul said, you know, on a biographical form for your interest, we put on there how long each elder served. 
or has served. And, and yet at the same time, whether it's been one year or, Michael, in your case, it's how many? Fifteen. You, you don't get rank. All, all of us stand before Christ. So uh, I want to ask Michael this question, uh, Dr. Michael Cole. What can you tell us about the men who inspired you to be a shepherd? Thanks, Chris. Um, I have to confess first that probably for as long as I can remember, I thought, I want to be an elder. And, of course, early in my life, those thoughts were not necessarily for all the right reasons, okay? When you're immature, you think, oh, wow, this is such an incredible uh, job, and and, uh, look how much power you have, but that's not what it's about. Um, And I've had the experience of many men in my life uh, serving as elders over me, and I've appreciated uh, what they've been able to do. None of them have been perfect. None of these guys up here are perfect. If uh, any of you uh, are surprised by that, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but there are certain characteristics that those guys had. The things that I learned early on uh, were just taken straight out of the Scriptures. I'm going to read it real fast. Out of First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 3, Paul told him, uh, uh, the elder desires the office, he's blameless, he's, he has one wife, he's temperate, he's uh, sensible, he's uh, dignified, he's hospitable, he's able to teach, he's not given to wine, he's uh, gentle, not violent. He's not greedy. He's not quarrelsome. He rules his own house well. He's submissive and respect. He has submissive and respectful children. He's not a recent convert. He's well thought of by outsiders. And then uh, Paul goes on in uh, Titus to give us a few more uh, uh, qualifications. Uh, he has believing children who are not unruly. He's a steward of God. He is not self-willed or arrogant. Uh, he's not quick-tempered. He's not a lover. He is a lover of goodness. He is uh, just and upright. He's holy, he's self-controlled, and number 25 on the list, he's firm, he has a firm hold on God's Word. That's a lot of qualifications, and I don't know that any of us do that perfectly. We certainly strive to uh, follow that, and the elders that I've known in the past have tried to strive to do that. There are other things in, in elders that you can think of. Uh, if you'll think of elders that have really been special in your life in the past, uh, there, there are things about them that don't fit on that list, and that's not inappropriate. I would, I would uh, encourage you to do as I have in my mind thought of those things that other elders had uh, abil- special abilities like. I know, I know elders who they're really, really encouraging, and that you know has been a real inspiration to me. They, they have there have been elders who have had this incredible love for the Word of God, and uh, elders who have incredible ability to uh, uh, teach that Word and with a passion. Uh, elders who have this un, uncanny ability to talk to God in prayer uh, and do so in a way that's really inspirational. And there are other things that you can list, and these things are important as you consider who should be an elder. You know, they have some of those characteristics too. Uh, something that was pointed out to me uh, not too long ago was probably the more important uh, characteristics of all that aren't even on the list that Paul gave over there, but the list that he gave to the Galatians in chapter uh, 5 uh, toward the end of that chapter. Um, all of these qualifications of elders are not things that should not be part of the desires of everybody that's a Christian, okay? At least that's my opinion. And especially in uh, uh, the end of uh, Galatians 5 where Paul says, you know, we want to uh, live by the Spirit and follow the Spirit. I'd, I'd like to have elders that follow the Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit. Don't you want men following the Holy Spirit to be leading uh, the church? Absolutely. And he tells us in uh, verse 22 of chapter 5 of Galatians what those 
how, how you recognize who has those. And, and they're the fruit, fruit of the Spirit is what they are. And you can say, well, he, he is a person that's full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of faith, full of gentleness, and full of self-control. Very good. Bob Noel, um, you, how many years for you now? 25. 25, okay, as, as, as a shepherd. Yeah, just to, to, 25 years as a shepherd. He's not 25 years old. Is that what I was, I was being corrected here? And uh, we have a multi generational eldership. That is one of the diversities of this eldership. And um, kids. Yep. And so, yeah. So we're, yeah. After, after this transition of the microphone, you're going to move from one generation to the next. Um, but, Bob, at one time you were there when somebody asked you to consider being a shepherd. The men who will be asked to consider being a nominee for Shepherd in September, what advice would you give them? If you get approached by another member and said, I, w- I would like for you to serve as, a, as one of my shepherds, one of my elders, many of you's first reaction after listening to what Michael just said and before is to say, oh, good grief, there's no way that I could do that. There's no way that I can live up with that. I'm not, you know, all the negatives you can think of. I really, really encourage you for the very first time it's mentioned to not say anything. To at most say, well, thank you. I'll think about it. Because if somebody has thought enough of you to suggest that you should serve as a shepherd, then that means other people probably have as well. And that deserves an awful lot of prayer on your thought and a lot of time on your thought and giving it some serious consideration. As Chris just said, uh, I've been a shepherd for 25 years. We talk about being family. Well, we're family. And like any family, we've had our ups and our downs. We've had our hard times and we've had blessings. And I can tell you for a fact The blessings far outweigh the negatives. Yeah, there's some things involved. Being married, having kids, those are, you got teenagers, (laughs) there's issues. But the love and the blessings far outweigh that. So I would strongly encourage you, if, if, if you're asked, give it some thought, give it a lot of prayer, give it some serious consideration. None of us are at all perfect. None of us were even close to most of the characteristics that Michael described when we started. I think all of us, as we listen, as Paul has said, to the perspectives of others, we've grown and become more understanding and more mature in our our approach to Christianity. Uh, I would encourage you to be willing to serve. And Larry Todd, who led our uh, prayers around the Lord's Supper table this morning, and uh, which always focuses on, keeps us focused on Christ. So Larry, I want to ask you this question because it's an important part of being a shepherd. How has being a shepherd impacted your relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Well, probably in two ways. Um, Jesus was all about relationships, and being an elder is all about relationships. Uh, you try to be uh, as visible as possible. You try to, to greet and meet as many as possible. You try to be available. Uh, we try to visit as much as possible. We don't get it, it done as much as we would like, but it, we're constantly trying to foster the relationship with the church family, just as Jesus was a man of relationships. The second part of that is a relationships among uh, these gentlemen here. If we were uh, a dysfunctional or fractured group, nothing would get done, and, and it would be a big mess, basically. But when we go into that room, as Paul described, the, the relationship is great. Do we have disagreements? Yes. Do we have vigorous debates? Yes. But we're respectful. We may have to put Michael in time out every once in a while, but... But we're respectful of each other's opinion. And, you know, Bob Null and I are probably going to have different opinions. But that's the way it is. The second part of it is um, it's, it's more along the line of how you approach your worldview. You know, when I be, uh, became an elder, I was, you know, I had this idea of this ecumenical office and, you know, all these pronouncements and whatever, that's not what it's like. Hmm. You hear heart-rendering situations that reaching out to you for help, and you may be their only source of help. Um, the, the church is constantly in a, in a, uh, a change, if you will. Now, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like change. You know, I don't think change is a four-letter word. But change will and does occur. Sometimes change is necessary. Sometimes change is a bad idea. It's like, you know, New Coke or Pepsi Clear or whatever, you know. Sometimes it's a bad idea. But you have to be willing and able to change. Um, We're not the church we were 10 years ago. We're not the church we'll be 10 years from now. The principles and the foundations don't change, but the individuals and the culture and the world around you change. And taking the clue from Jesus, my, you know, I'm not worried about the future. Um, to do so would be to doubt God. I'm not worried about the past. Um, we can learn from it, but it's the past. It's done. But we can influence the future. We can be open to change, or we can say, no don't need to go there right now but the two the, the two areas are relationships and you know what would Jesus do when faced with the world around him Dave Cogswell uh, Dave Larry mentioned that when he stepped into the eldership he experienced uh, kind of a, a change of expectations from what he thought it might be like to what he originally or what he actually experienced and is experiencing so I want to ask you what is your experience of misconceptions about serving as a shepherd? Maybe things that you heard before you came in or things you've heard from others. Well, I think about um, a lot of the things that sometimes I think people expect us to be that we're really not. You know, we're, we're not a board of directors or the county board of supervisors or something like that. 
we do spend some time worrying about finances and worrying about facilities and worrying about organization and staff, but I can tell you we try to spend as little time as we can on that. Uh, we, we, that that's not what we see as, our, as the focus of what we need to be doing. Uh, also, we're not a police force. We're not enforcers of the dogma. We, we believe in giving people permission to do things that are, that are uh, part of their acts of service and part of their faith. So we don't, it's not about approving projects. It's about blessing people's efforts, and it's about encouraging people to do good works for God. The other thing, uh, now it's slipping my mind. I guess it's an age thing or maybe lack of sleep this week, but... Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think the thing is that when I entered the eldership five years ago, a little five plus years ago, I expected it to be a lot of work. And frankly, it does take some time. But the blessings that you receive as an elder far, far outweigh any, any feeling of, of uh, that it's a job or a work or something that you have to go do. Uh, it's such a blessing to, to, to work with our members to be involved in their lives, to uh, help them do uh, good things for God, to be a part and uh, to be a part of their efforts, and to find ways to assist them and motivate them and to help them uh, move themselves forward in God's kingdom is a great joy, and uh, one that I think is probably one of the biggest surprises to me. Brian Robbins, I, I want to ask you. Uh, the flip side of the question that Bob had. Bob was asked what advice he would give to someone who's asked to be a nominee. And, of course, to be a nominee, we're going to ask all of our members to put names of men that we recognize as shepherds on this orange form. Brian, um, what would you like each member to consider as they name men who could serve as shepherds? What advice would you give us? Well, Chris, one thing, I, I don't know that everyone's probably had an opportunity to see the orange sheet that Chris is referring to, and I know they're out in the foyer, but on that orange sheet, there are several scriptural um, locations or places in the Bible where there are scriptures that talk about qualifications of an elder and what an elder should be. Certainly, I think those are important, and I think that uh, you should... Co- prayerfully consider those things as you uh, include names or as you write names on the sheet. I do think that there are some additional things, and I think Michael talked about some of those a a couple of minutes ago, but that aren't listed on the sheet that I think are important. And some of these are listed and some of them aren't, but humility, I think, is uh, something that's very important. Um, Certainly someone who has a good knowledge of the Bible, I think, is important. Somebody who's willing to serve others. Um, that's certainly critical if you want to become a shepherd. Um, patience. Uh, I try to think about how Jesus um, dealt with people. Uh, he was always kind-hearted to people. He was uh, very, very patient with people. I think those are characteristics that are important for, for a shepherd. I think we need to be uh, loving of people regardless of their situation. Jesus was with others. Yeah. Fruit. Uh, one yeah. To mention Chris, and that is fruits of the spirit. If you can see the fruits of the spirit in someone, certainly I think those things are important as well. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Ted Knight. Um, Ted, I think it was 2007, or yeah, when you were asked to serve as a ship. No, uh, 10. 2010. 
10, 2010, when you were asked to serve as a shepherd for this congregation, and previous to that, you'd served as a shepherd at another congregation in Poto. And so twice then, you've had it twice in your uh, experience that people have approached you and said, would you consider being a shepherd? Because we're interested in knowing what the personal experiences are like, could you tell us what was it like for you and your family after you were told that you were named to serve, as a con- uh, to serve this congregation as a shepherd? What was it like in your experience? <laughs> well, um, I could say great surprise. Uh, it was unexpected uh, without any question. Uh, I had served uh, at another congregation for 15 years as an elder, had stepped down, and probably eight or nine months after that, then we came to West Ark. We've been attending West Ark since August, almost to this very day of 2007. Uh, so I'd been here three years uh, at the time that this happened. And uh, I, I was, as I said, it was completely unexpected for me. Uh, during that three years, I had... Uh, developed some attitudes that were uh, probably inappropriate. Well, without a doubt, they were. Uh, I, I had even made statements that, well, I'll never do that again. Uh, I'll never be an elder again. Uh, it, it sometimes can be trying. It sometimes can be um, difficult to deal with. Uh, I always felt very inadequate doing it. Um, but quite frankly, I was intrigued by the fact that this had happened in such a short length of time. I did not understand why, but I thought, okay, I'm going to just see what this is about. So I agreed to, to serve or at least to go through the, the remainder of the process and to see where this led. I thank God every day that I did that. Uh, these men have been an incredible blessing to me. Uh, they've helped me grow spiritually. They've helped me grow as a person. Um, some of them, I guess all of them are brand new to me except Barry. Barry and I go back over 50 years. Uh, back to 1961, we were both in the same Sunday school class here at College Terrace. We were both 11 years old. Now, he's an old guy now. I haven't reached that point yet. <laughs> But I, I, as I said, I thank God every day that I said, okay, I'm going to give this a try and see what it's like. Um, it's been a wonderful experience. Anybody that is contemplating this, I would tell you, don't say no just because you think you can't. Oh, I can't do that. There's not a person up here that didn't think that. Not a person up here that did not think that. Uh, And going into it, uh, you will even think the same thing. But I will assure you that God will be with you every step of the way. And he will guide and direct you in everything that you do. This is a wonderful congregation. I love this congregation. I love this family of God here. Uh, You've been so good to me and my family. I would say this. I was, uh, it was unexpected for me when I told my family they were, Shot, <laughs> because I had said yes. Uh, 
but I thank God for that every day. I think it's been good for me. It's been good for my family. I hope I've done something for this congregation that would let you know how much I care about you. And Barry Neal, um, here we are, long path from the Sunday school class at College Terrace. And, uh, you know, in all that time, I know that it's always been your desire, and you've got a great family heritage of serving Christ. All nine of you were serving Christ before you were named as a shepherd. But Barry, my question for you is, in your experience, how has your role as a shepherd, how did it change or enhance your contribution to service in the whole kingdom of God? First, if, if you could go back to 1961 and see that class, Ted and I were the only two cool guys in the whole class, okay? We really were. Uh, we never had any doubt. Never. My father, talk about heritage, my father was an elder, my grandfather was an elder, my great-grandfather was an elder. We like to say it goes back to the early church, but we just can't prove that. Um, uh, Chris has worked very hard, talking about the selection process, Chris and the office staff have worked very hard to have an organized selection process. But let me say, if it doesn't matter if it stays organized, if it gets disorganized, or it falls apart completely. Because it is the Holy Spirit, Acts twenty twenty eight, that makes a person an elder. Now, you wonder how that happens. Well, it started by the candidates that we will have. I don't know who they are. They haven't been, they're not candidates yet. But the Holy Spirit knows who they are. And he's been working on them for a long time. This doesn't make sense until retrospectively an elder looks back on it. And he said, well, yeah, okay. I, I, I see that happening now. How has it impacted, uh, I tell you, I'm driving back from Nashville last night, and the, the, the prayer of Jabaz came to mind. It's in 1 Chronicles 4.10. Uh, Jabaz asked God, bless me indeed and expand my coast, expand my sphere of influence. When a man becomes an elder, that is exactly what God does. He expands his sphere of influence. All his life's experiences, everything he's learned, his education, it all can come to bear in a much bigger form than it ever would have otherwise. I'm church general counsel. Um, I love to study the Bible. I love to teach. There's no way that I would have those opportunities apart from this role as elder. So I think that is how uh, the Lord has expanded my coast and uh, blessed me indeed in making me an elder of the uh, West Ark Church of Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all, nine of you, and uh, we appreciate what you've had to say to us today. And... Um, and so, and I hope that you will have the opportunity to tell them how much you appreciate them and uh, encourage them. It's always appropriate for us to encourage one another. At this time, let's, let's pray for these nine men and their families. Would you join me in that prayer? Father, our prayer is simply this, that you would continue to impart your spirit uh, to our nine brothers and that you would give them all of the resources of heaven as they strive to teach us to be better disciples of Jesus. Father, in their desire to serve you, I pray that you will empower them as they set an example for us so that we may follow you more closely and so that we may draw others to follow you as well. 
And Father, I pray that you would be with their families as well. I pray that they will have sources of encouragement. I pray that they will have opportunities to be encouraged. And Father, in so doing, I ask that you would give them opportunities to encourage us. We ask all of this that it may be done to glorify your name. And we ask all of this in your glorious name. Amen. I hope that you see that our shepherds are all real, that they are sincere, that they are humble, they are serious about following Jesus Christ, they're devoted to Jesus Christ. Because these nine shepherds will tell you that although they have some authority that has been given to them by Christ, that the head of the church is one. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. And there is no other authority. And all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. And so he shares that authority and he empowers shepherds and the flock to follow him. One of the things that we do in our worship is you'll see a a few of these men standing here or they'll be standing at the door to greet you or they'll be in room 100. I want you to know why they do that. They do that because, as you heard them say in different ways, it's their desire to pray with you. They want to partner with you so that you can have a relationship with God. And so one of the things we do in addition to just approaching them and letting them know that you need prayers, maybe you also need to go to them. Maybe they are the ones that you can come to and say, I I need your help so that I can follow Jesus Christ more closely. And maybe that's so that you can be encouraged to be a better disciple, or maybe you want to begin your walk as a disciple. So, gentlemen, if you would just please stand up and take your places like you do every Sunday or take new places as it is, Let's all stand, let's sing this song, and if anyone needs to respond to this invitation for prayer or discipleship, don't let the opportunity pass. Be encouraged this morning. Let's let's sing together.